Welcome to the Boss Hijabipreneur podcast for women of faith and business looking to take their careers or businesses to the next level without compromising their faith. If you're ready to begin taking action on your entrepreneurship goals, learn tips, tools, and strategies to execute consistently and manifest the life of your dreams, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Halima de Oliveira, business strategist, three-time author, using the fusion of faith and finances to lead female-led e-commerce brands to six- and seven-figure revenue targets annually. Ready? Let's work. Tune in to today's episode, Already in Progress. Welcome back to the Bossy Jabbypreneur podcast, episode 51, What's Your Mental Health Return to Work Plan? In light of many of the recent COVID-19 updates and many businesses reopening and many jobs requiring employees to return to work full-time or hybrid or remote access, I wanted to continue the conversation from last week and offer some mental health resources for our listeners. Be sure to check out two of our past guests, Nadine George Harrington. She was a past guest on episode seven. Nadine is a clinical social work therapist, MSW, LCSW, executive director of Alpha Child and Family Services in South Jersey. And as a therapist, she focuses on creating change that most benefits her clients. Um, It is important to focus on the needs of the individual and determine what it is that they wish to accomplish. She uses proven treatments and techniques that have helped others to improve. Um, Our second uh, past guest is uh, Nicole Nejma Abraham, mental health advocate who moderates a clubhouse chat Too Broke for Therapy. I love it. Um, And the group uh, was founded by Trey Cowsley. Um, Nejma appeared on episode 16. And as a mental health advocate, she can offer support for women who have experienced interpartner violence specifically, which during quarantine may have escalated for some, as well as offer resources for therapy and alternative therapy. Again, be sure to go back and take a look, listen to both episodes and connect with and support these two dynamic women. Today, what will you learn from this episode? Should women have a return to work plan? How productive should employers expect their employees to be? How productive should employees expect to be? Should employers have mental health services available for employees? Should entrepreneurs structure in self-care, aka therapy, into their daily routines? And I'll also share three tips on what we can do to take care of ourselves more consistently. So the first question, should women have a return to work plan? So you guys know if you listened to last week's episode, the short answer is yes. Women should have a return to work plan. I think we underestimate the impact this last year has had on us. As an optimist, I have moved through the year only looking at the positives. But in February of this year, 2021, I came to the realization of all we have endured over the past year and many mental health adjustments we've had to make. As a brand strategist who works with female entrepreneurs with social impact and e-commerce businesses, we have had to pivot in many ways, in some cases without advance notice, increasing production to meet demand, taking on whatever roles were necessary to make things work in our businesses, at home with our families, homeschool, some entrepreneurs work full-time jobs while still running a business, and the list goes on. 
returning to work no matter what that looks like for you. Um, you know, for instance, my scenario is going back to an office in a co-working space, um, also traveling, you know, what does that look like? You know, do I have to take the vaccine? Um, you know, and if I do take the vaccine, what are some of the things that I have to look for regarding that? Um, and, you know, and some of, you know, for some it's an actual office um, or whatever your scenario is, whatever it is, it's a transition that we shouldn't take lightly. I read a recent article by the National um, Law Review, and I'm just going to read um, some of what I found um, in the um, article. I think that um, it's extremely important, um, you know, to take some of these things into consideration. So this article came out um, last month, May, um, and, you know, they listed some suggested practices for businesses to consider during the reopening process as they return employees to in-person work after an expanded period of time working um, remotely. So this may, you know, fully apply to you or, you know, in some cases apply to you partially or in some cases not at all. Um, but either, you know, no matter what your scenario, there is a con conscious thought that you should be putting into, um, you know, what your return to work plan looks like. So um, communicate with employees before formulating a plan to return employees to in-person work. I don't think that it's a decision that, you know, just the employer should make. And then, you know, once the decision is made, they communicate it to their employees. I think that the employees should have either, you know, some type of point of contact. And according to this article, it's one of the recommendations that they make as well, that there's some type of point of contact, you know, of employees. So maybe, you know, an, uh, an employee advocate that is advocating for a specific group. So meaning that that advocate is then, you know, speaking to the employees and then coming, you know, reporting back to the employer um, what they are. There are so many concerns to take into account. Um, you know, childcare services are huge, you know, especially for us as women who happen to be mothers or we're caretakers of children. You know, it's not something that we can say, okay, yep, tomorrow I'm going back to work. You know, what happens to the children? Many of them are not back to full-time school. Many of them are either part-time or they are still um, going to school remotely. So what does that look like, you know, for your child? You know, does your child need, you know, childcare services? Um, you know, also employers must comply with state and local orders. Um, also, you know, they must re formulate a return to work plan based on employee communication and business needs. So, you know, from an employee standpoint, you know, looking at the business itself, you know, in order for you to continue to work, you know, for them, to, you know, the business to still stay in business, Business, there are things that they have to do. The business has to generate, you know, an income has to generate revenue. So um, there are so many things to consider. But, you know, at the center, I feel that the employee, you know, should be at the center of this, um, you know, conversation and, you know, what they think, you know, should be taken into consideration. And this particular article that um, was written for the National Law Review, um, May 12, 2021, was written by Aaron L. Rigney. M. Claire Flowers, and it says K. and Gates. Um, I would take a look at this article. Um, it's titled Reopening Strategies and Return to Work Policies After COVID-19 Pandemic. And I would take a look at this article because it really, you know, gives, you, you know, you as an employer, it gives you very, um, you know, 
detailed options of what you can do. So possible return to work plans include, and it gave you quite a few. It gave you about five different options. Um, there was traditional, incremental, hybrid option one, hybrid option two, and then remote. So um, just you know some things to take into consideration if you know this month or in the next couple of months you are thinking about bringing your workforce back to the office um, at some point. So um, really, really, really enjoyed that article, and it's an article that I recommend that you guys um, take a look at. So the second part of this is, you know, how productive um, should employers expect their employees to be? Initially, there will be some resistance. There will be some resistance when you communicate the plan. There will be some resistance, you know, at different points in the process. So I would anticipate that. Um, I would also anticipate downtime. I would also, you know, make, you know, um, you know, make a strategy for the adjustment period going from remote work where your schedule is your own, you know, and the employee schedule is their own and being able to work in the confines of their home with little to no outside supervision. That is an adjustment. I'm going to just give myself for an example. You know, I'm not going to lie. You know, for me, after working full time in my business for the last four years, I cannot, cannot imagine and going back to work and having to report to a boss, having to report back, you know, everything that I'm doing, having to clock in and clock out, you know, being to work on time. I remember going to work just the mayhem of getting my children ready in the morning. Um, you know, maybe they're sick, maybe they're, you know, just having to make those split six, uh, you know, second decisions in the morning, you know, whereas, you know, now that I'm a full-time entrepreneur, you know, the only split second decision that I have to make is, you know, hey, I'm taking, you know, a day off you know, and, you know, either communicating that to my clients or, you know, rescheduling clients, whatever the case may be. But um, I don't feel the same pressure um, that I felt at work, knowing that, you know, if I'm late or if I call out too much or, you know, if, you know, my children are sick all the time that, you know, I may not have a job. Essentially, I may not have an income. So, you know, that pressure, that stress, that anxiety is gone. So it would work for me for so many reasons, but that is just um, one of them. I think employers should expect some resistance um, as well as, you know, some, you know, just, you know, some employees, you know, coming back at them or retort just saying, hey, wait a minute, you know, I need a child care plan um, in place uh, before I can even think about, you know, coming back to work. So, you know, I think employers should expect some resistance and may offer some time of, tr or some type of training program to, um, reacclimatize their employees to the work environment and that structure. So, you know, on the twist on the, you know, the other side of that, how productive should employees, um, expect to be. And I think employees should expect to be as productive as they were during quarantine initially and steadily increase the pace, um, over time to possibly what it was, you know, prior to a quarantine, um, or, you know, to the standard of your, you know, what your expectations of your employer are. Um, and so the second part of this I want to go into is should employers have a mental health services, um, you know, plan or, you know, just services available for their employees. We'll be right back. So should employers have mental health services available for employees? Yes, they should. Um, without a doubt, as I said earlier, we don't know all that an employee returning to work has had to endure over the last year. Um, some have experienced the loss of family members, friends, co-workers. Um, you know, uh, PTSD is a real thing. 
and something that may have developed just simply going out to the store, not knowing if they could contract the coronavirus. Most companies offered an EAP or employee assistance program prior to, um, you know, COVID-19, um, you know, which employers offered employees the care they needed when they needed it. Um, there should be a similar plan on or, and or resources in place for employees returning to work. Um, I want to give a few resources, uh, you know, some apps or mental health programs you may want to check out and inquire about at work um, if, you know, uh, the program, you know, the mental health program for your, you know, from your employer is not apparent. Um, here are some apps that you can either suggest or you can go seek out on your own and see if your, um, you know, employer may offer um, some type of discount off of these type of services. But I think definitely think that you should be looking into these, uh, you know, type of resources. And, you know, it could be something as simple as just a conversation of how you're feeling today. And, you know, that could, you know, be begin the conversation. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, you know, I've, you know, been in therapy, uh, you know, for a number of years, over 10 years now at this point. And, you know, it is not something that, you know, is always a monthly thing, uh, uh, you know, like a weekly thing. Um, you know, sometimes it's just monthly. Sometimes I can go a few months without it, you know, but then I know, hey, you know what, I need to pick up the phone. I need someone to speak to. So just being able to have that at the ready, um, I think is necessarily not only um, you know, you know, in light of COVID-19, but also just as an employee, just as someone going to work and definitely, 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 as I'll talk about a little bit later as an entrepreneur. So um, some apps that um, I've come across, uh, the first one is the Calm app. Um, and you can find the Calm app for business. Um, I love their tagline. It says, motivate your team within, drive healthier habits and foster resilience, discover how team well-being reduces burnout and cuts down ab absenteeism. So I think that's great, you know, both from, of course, first and foremost, the employee, but also from an employer standpoint, um, you know, just knowing that not only are you taking care of your employees that, you know, they have a job to go to, but you're also taking care of them, you know, you know, so that they can show up to work better. Um, there's another app. It's called the Better Up Care or another plan. The Better Up Care Healthy Minds Peak Performance offers a comprehensive mental health solution that is redefining employee engagement, productivity and business growth. Um, looked into that app, you know, really thought that it was, you know, just amazing. There's another one. Um, I know, mo you know, there are many listeners who are, you know, black or African-American. So I wanted to, you know, offer this re resource as well. It's called Therapy for Black. Black Girls. Um, Therapy for Black Girls is an online space dedicated to encouraging the mental wellness of Black women and girls and offers access to therapists in your area or for your specific scenario. Um, the platform also offers a podcast, and the name of it is uh, Therapy for Black Girls Podcast, and it's a weekly conversation with Dr. Joy Hardin-Bradford. She's a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, about all things mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Listen, she sounds like, you know, one of those people that I would love um, to be friends. So if you're ever listening to this, or if one of Dr. Joy Hart and Bradford's listeners are out there um, and want to connect us, hey, um, connect us. I would love to um, chat with her. So 
Many of our listeners, um, like I said earlier, are either full-time or part-time entrepreneurs. I feel we either don't give ourselves the same grace as we would give ourselves if we were still employees at a job, or we can't afford to. If we don't hustle, we don't eat, especially, um, you know, you know, as an entrepreneur, right? And especially in the beginning of our entrepreneurship journey. Um, so uh, should, should entrepreneurs structure in self-care, aka therapy, into their daily routine as well? And this, the answer to this question is an astounding yes. So um, another article that I would like to cite, and I pray that you go out and read, is um, a 2024 article entitled, Why Entrepreneurs Need to Talk About Their Mental Health. Um, the st statistic out there is 72% of entrepreneurs are directly or indirectly affected by mental health issues compared to just 48% of non-entrepreneurs. That's according to a study by the National Institute of Mental Health. 49% of entrepreneurs deal with mental health issues directly, while only 32% of others experience them. As entrepreneurs, we are more likely to experience burnout, stress, anxiety, be overweight, develop mental health disorders like bipolar disorder, and let's not forget insomnia. Um, to many of you, this may sound familiar. I know a couple of these on this list um, are familiar to me. Um, Brené Brown said, understanding the difference between healthy striving and perfectionism is critical to laying down the shield and picking up your life. Research shows that perfectionism hampers success. In fact, it's often the path to depression, anxiety, addiction, and life paralysis. And, you know, just from, you know, a personal view, you know, perfectionism, man, in year one or two, if you, you know, you'll put down perfectionism very quickly and realize, you know, in entrepreneurship that anything can happen. And, you know, perfectionism will either hold you back um, in that, you know, you'll have that analysis paralysis and you just never, you know, go after anything or, you know, perfectionism, you know, will, will make you go crazy essentially because, you know, you're trying to get it perfect and right every single time. And, you know, you know, in entrepreneurship, doing your very best and doing the very best of what you know today is sometimes more than what you need to take you to the next level. And also, you know, building it, you know, as as you grow and, you know, understanding that, you know, entrepreneurship is a journey. It's a process and you're not always going to get it right. But learning from those mistakes. So, you know, with that being said, here are three tips on what we can do to take care of ourselves more consistently. And, you know, there are many, you know, things that we can do, but these were the three that, you know, came top of mind. And, you know, this one is a long one because it incorporates many things that a person may put on a list, but I felt like this all goes in hand in hand. And the first one is, is getting adequate rest throughout the day. You know, we may take a day off, you know, have a spa day or a day off where, you know, we just sleep in or whatever. But I think that it's important for us to have adequate rest throughout the day um, and, you know, to take those, you know, breaks that we need throughout the day that, you know, can, you know, when you you add them up all together, they lead to so much stress and anxiety. So um, schedule in 15 minutes, 15 minute mental health breaks or mental health blocks, right? So, you know, I schedule into my schedule blocks, you know, where I'm just sitting down, I'm not touching the computer, I'm not doing anything. And, you know, uh, learn to say no to fires. 
um, learn to say no and big emphatic no's to fires. And that's where, you know, you may get an email or a person may send you a text or a person may call you and they need you right away and they need you to do something right away. Learn to say no and say, you know, on my schedule right now is X, Y, and Z. Um, I have the ability to do that or to address that at X, Y, Z time. And, you know, I have had to learn that, you know, over, you know, the years, but specifically within the last year, especially with COVID-19, learning how to say no, because, you know, I may have an agenda for the day and, you know, someone's fire, someone's text, someone's email may throw that whole agenda off. Something that you thought was going to take you 10 minutes to do can end up taking you down the spiral for hours. And so I really want you to understand, you know, that it's important for you to learn to say no. And it's no, it's not a no, never I can do that. It's a no, not right now. And I will address this um, then. And then on the receiving end, someone who's on the receiving end of a no, you know, I think that it's important for you to put yourself in that person's shoes and just say, hey, you know, I can totally relate or understand why this person may be saying no right now. And, you know, just understand that. So do something like water your plants. Uh, you know, for me, my plants, uh, the, the, my collection is growing. <laughs> you know, I started out with probably like, you know, five or six plants at the top of, you know, quarantine. I think I'm at like 51 or 52 plants now. And, you know, they're small. Some of them are small. Some of them have gotten um, larger. I think my largest pot is like a 10 inch pot. But, um, you know, my plants, you know, just give me the ability to care for something and to see it grow. But also, um, it's a, for me, it's a de-stressor and just, a, 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 you know, I have the ability to just decompress, um, you know, from a moment or from, you know, a portion of my day and then, you know, just sit and, you know, with them and then, you know, come back to it. Um, take a walk outside. Um, that's huge. Um, that, you know, I'm sure, you know, from a science, perspective, um, you know, taking a walk outside has so many, uh, you know, benefits, you know, physically, um, mentally, for sure. Um, and then, you know, just so many benefits to that. And, you know, I think it's important to not only when you're taking a walk that you're taking the walk, but that you're not associating any of that, um, you know, with work, go get your nails done. You know, go get your nails painted, make an appointment, you know, go get your nails painted right in the middle of the week. It might take you more than 15 minutes, maybe it's 30 minutes, but go out and go get your nails done. Just, you know, a mental break from your day, right in the middle of your day. Um, listen to a podcast or audio book. Um, and at night, aim to get, you know, a full night's sleep, minimum six hours. And of course, eight hours is the recommended, uh, you know, dose of sleep, right? So, you know, I would recommend that you make that a part of your schedule and also make it a part of your schedule to not interact or engage with electronics, you know, uh, the, the closer the time is to sleep, to when you would normally go to sleep, um, you know, and actually be intentional about falling asleep, not just falling asleep because you're just totally exhausted. Be intentional about, hey, my bedtime is 10 p.m. and start to wind down maybe at 930 um, acknowledge your accomplishments, no matter how small and celebrate yourself. I think, you know, as women, as people of color, um, we don't celebrate ourselves enough. And, you know, whether it's, you know, you know, you for five minutes, just giving yourself kudos or, you know, you actually going out and taking yourself to dinner or buying yourself a cupcake. This is one of mine, you know, um, buying yourself, um, you know, a cupcake 
and just saying, hey, you know what? I'm happy that I was able to do this. I'm happy that I was able to do that. Um, and be a positive su support and surround yourself with positive supporters who support you. I cannot tell you um, on the entrepreneurship um, journey, you know, just how important this was, uh, you know, for me. Um, you know, uh, many people, you know, are no longer in my life, you know, because, you know, I needed support and I didn't get that support back. So I was a support to them. But when it came time to me needing support, you know, they weren't able to support me. And I think that when we have relationships, I think that the relationships, you know, of course, we we ourselves, you know, we should be offering something up, but we should be getting something back in return. And if we are in relationships where you our needs are not being met, you know, it's it may be time to move on or it may be time to invest less time, um, you know, in those relationships. You know, I've had, you know, in the last, you know, few years, I have had deaths in my family, um, you know, in, you know, in, you know, in friendships, etc. And they have impacted me. And, you know, where I thought, you know, I had people that I could go to and, you know, ask for that support, they weren't there. And, you know, at critical times when I needed them, they weren't there. And so, um, you know, I think it's important to have those conversations. You know, what type of friendship is this? You know, is this, you know, a business of friendship where, hey, I can call you about, you know, my business um, and that's kind of it or, you know, what type of friendships do you have? And so make sure that not only do you know what type of friendships you have or, you know, allies you have, but also uh, know what you can call them for. So I pray this episode and these resources are of benefit. Um, to you on your career or your entrepreneurship journey. I mean, stay tuned for my inspirational quote of the week. My inspirational quote of the week, it's not a quote, it's a surah, surah ad duha In this surah, Allah is directly communicating with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In the early stages of prophethood, where Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was experiencing a lot of stress and anxiety, mockery and ridicule from his personal friends, clansmen, and neighbors because they were not receptive to his message. Sound familiar? You may have started a business in the last year or had to make a pivot in the last year that people are not receptive to. During this time, he also felt that Allah had abandoned him. Many of you may feel the same. Allah knew better, and we know that Allah knows better. And during his time, he was giving him a break, since if he had continuously been exposed to the intensely bright light of revelation, wahi, his nerves could not have endured it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his infinite wisdom and in interval was given in order to afford him peace and tranquility. Allah sent down this surah to comfort him and let him know he had not forgotten him. I pray that this surah brings you the same comfort in your time of need. A'udhu billahi minash shaytan ar-rajim Bismillahir rahmanir rahim Wadduha wal-layli idha saja ma wada'aka rabbuka wa ma kala walil-akhiratu khayrun laka minal ula walasawfa yu'atika rabbuka fatarda Alam yajidaka yatiman fa'awa wawajadaka dalan fahada wawajadaka a'ilan fa'agna fa'amma al-yatima fala taqahar wa'amma sa'ila fala tanhar wa'amma bin'amati rabbika fahaddith Sadaqallahu alazim walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen 
In the name of God, the gracious, the merciful, by the morning light and the night as it settles, your Lord did not abandon you, nor did he forget. The hereafter is better for you than the first, and your Lord will give you and you will be satisfied. He did not find you orphaned. Did he not find you orphaned and sheltered you and found you wandering and guided you and found you in need and enriched you? Therefore, do not mistreat the orphan, nor rebuff the seeker, but proclaim the blessings of your Lord. I pray that this was of benefit, and I pray that you come back to this episode, that you share this episode, and that it benefits you not only in your time of need, but that it may benefit someone else um, in your life. I look forward to uh, hearing some of your feedback from this episode, and look forward to seeing you on next week's episode. Peace. Assalamualaikum. This has been another spectacular episode of Boss Hijabipreneur, brought to you by BUNHD LLC and the Not Without My Hijab stage play. To find out more about services for women of faith and business and the next city up on the tour, visit www.bunhd.com. It is our hope here at BUNHD that after each episode, you will be empowered to have a deeper connection in your spirituality, personal, and business relationships. As women of faith, we have a responsibility to learn our religion, apply it to our daily lives, and to make a positive contribution in our local and global communities.